If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to 2 Peter, chapter 1. And though we're going to focus on verses 5 through 9, I want to start with verse 1 and just read the context as well as these verses. I need to remind myself when I read a passage like this that Peter learned from Jesus and he's putting in here things that he got from the Savior mouth to mouth and person to person, but he's also bringing us things that the Holy or Jesus gave to him through the Holy Spirit. And everything the Holy Spirit has put here came from Jesus. So here's what Peter says in his letter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Take hold of that word faith here because we're going to see it come again as an important element in the message, which comes a little later. And then his salutation, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And then some things that God has been doing in our hearts and lives. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Don't you just love that? Everything we need for life and godliness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And now building on that is uh, our text, verse 5 through 9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fail and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me begin the message with a brief prayer. Father, through your Son and through your Holy Spirit, you gave us these words. And so this morning, we pray that by your Spirit working in our hearts, you would lift these words from the pages of Scripture and plant them deeply in our hearts and that you would cause us to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with you and people, even as you, Jesus, did when you were on earth. 
absorbing the word, being the word. Thank you for hearing us. Amen. <clears throat> You'll notice my title, if you've seen it in the bulletin, Add-ons That Add Up. Expanded version would be spiritual add-ons that add up to impact. Add-ons that add up to impact. Why am I saying that? Well, I think that's the essence of this passage. For Peter talks about a foundation of faith to which we add seven spiritual virtues which add up to our being effective and fruitful. Impact. So the base is faith. The add-ons are the seven we'll look at. And the impact is effective and fruitful, or not ineffective, or unfruitful, or unproductive. So those are the three elements we'll look at briefly. Faith, add-ons, and the impact. I think we've all had the experience that things got better when something got added. One way to improve things is to keep adding. Think, for example, of your automobile. I don't know about you, but I, I, my first car was a 1947 Chevy. And that was a pretty rudimentary vehicle back in that day. But as I sit in my car today, my Camry, I, I, I am soon aware of the add-ons things that weren't there back in 1947, and you have your own experience. There's power steering, and power brakes, and power windows, and adjustable seats, and door locks, and outside mirrors that are adjustable with inside levers, and smooth automatic transmissions, and rear window defrosters, and multi-speed wipers, and a radio that not only gets AM but, uh, but FM and, and then adds all the other dimensions that are coming out of your, out of your vehicle. And then there's the uh, shoulder belts, which they didn't have back then, and, and seat belts. And now they're even adding the video cameras, uh, which keep you from crashing into the car ahead of you or swerving and hitting a car beside you. So, yeah, with all of those kind of, and you can think of many more. With all those additions, our cars are quieter, better, stronger, better gas mileage. Wow. All of those are add-ons, add-ons, add-ons. And I think it illustrates what God, what God is doing in our lives and what he wants to do. He's laid a foundation of faith. We'll talk about the meaning of that in a minute. But then he's begun to add. He's saying to us, I want you to add to your faith things that will make you better, stronger, that will help you glorify my name, advance my kingdom, accomplish my will, be a better church, be better parents. Keep adding, keep adding. And uh, not a bad challenge for this time of the year as we look forward to 2019, to remember that in the past, in the past year, in the past years, God has laid a foundation of faith 
to give thanks for that foundation and what he's called us to. But then to look ahead into 2019 and saying, yes, there are challenges. We are called to keep adding and keep adding so that we can be more and more effective. So it's a passage that helps us see a transition which can happen in our lives at this time of the year. So let's start by thinking about the, the foundation, faith. And you see, you heard Peter say, uh, add to your faith, add to your faith. Faith then is the foundation. He's already told us that we have everything we need for life and godliness. He's already said, <coughs> excuse me, that we participate in the divine nature. But then he goes on to say, for this very reason, I'm challenging you to add to your faith. Let me pause for a moment on that word faith. A very familiar word, a big word, comprehensive word. What does it really mean? It's easy to lose the meaning by, by it becoming over familiar, isn't it? It means trust. Trusting that every word of God, every action of God was in fact valid. It means conviction, absolutely convicted that God is who he says he is, that Christ has done what he said he would, and that our future is certain. It could mean assurance. In, in the last year or so, another word has helped me understand faith. And it's a, a, a simple word we use quite often. It's the word confidence. Confidence in the word of God. Confidence in God our Father, that he is all-wise, almighty, and ever-loving. Confidence in Jesus Christ, that he is Emmanuel, that he did come to teach us, to die for us, to rise, to ascend, to reign from on high. Confidence in the Holy Spirit that the Father sent through the Son to work in our, in our hearts, to fill us, to empower us, to guide us. Yeah, if we're believers, we have absolute, total confidence in God, his word, his actions, his promises. That's faith. And this faith is a gift, a gift of God. Paul said that so clearly in Ephesians 2.8. By grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should both. So if you have faith, then you are saved. God has dealt with your sin. It will never separate you in life, in death, and afterlife from him. If you have confidence that his word is true and all his promises are true, you have new life. You've been born again. You don't have to do anything more to have eternal life. But, there are additives. They are not for salvation. Our salvation is assured. It's guaranteed. They're for effectiveness and fruitfulness. We are called to keep adding and adding and adding to the faith foundation which God has given us so that we can glorify his name, so we can build his kingdom, so we can do his will in, on earth as it's done in heaven. I like to imagine... Christ, speaking to believers, giving us kind of a big picture and saying, this is my plan. 
I've given you salvation. I've given you faith. And now I want to see the gospel spread to every nation of the world. I want my kingdom to be built. Jesus referenced the kingdom coming 41 times in his ministry. Imagine him saying that today to you, his people. And here's how it's going to happen. Keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. And my kingdom will be built. And you, my people, will be blessed as you serve me in accord with my will. That's the foundation. Add, says Peter, Jesus' disciples, add to your faith. Add, build on the foundation. And that leads us then to the add-ons, spiritual add-ons. And, I, and one or two things to, to say before we jump in, and I'll look briefly at each of those. First of all, when it comes to add-ons, let's remind ourselves that no one of us starts from zero. We've all made beginnings. God has laid the foundation, and through the lives, our, our, our spiritual journeys, God has already helped us to do a great deal of adding on through the years. Huh? Even if you've only been a believer for a few months, you, you've already started the add-ons, and you're someplace. On a scale of 1 to 10, you may be a 3, a 5, a 7, a 9 on any one of these, but don't call God short. Don't take God short. And, or, or yourself, remember that you did start and you are on the way. The next thing to see, though, before we actually look at the add-ons is, is what Peter is saying here. He says, make every effort. So it's not kind of a ho-hum thing. It's not, oh, well, that's not a bad idea. I don't think about that sometimes. No, no, no. Make every effort to add on to your faith. The Greek language actually suggests this. Use every ounce of determination that you can muster. Do it your very best. J.B. Phillips in his translation, which you've probably all read at one time or another, do to your utmost. Try really hard. Salvation is by grace alone. It's all of God. But the Christian life involves effort to be fruitful, to be effective, which is why Peter then says, you've got the foundation, the foundation of faith, and now I challenge you to add on to it. And I think it's important for us this morning, we stand at the juncture of a new year in which many people make resolutions, this isn't just a resolution. This is a commitment to God on high, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This isn't just a suggestion, not just a good idea, not something we should think a little bit about a week or two. And you know that 90% of the resolutions people make at New Year's uh, get lapsed by the end of the, the first month. This is a lifetime effort, not just 2019, because it's God's way of building his kingdom and God's way of bringing us the fullness of the blessing he intends for us, the abundant life, the life of grace and joy and peace and power, okay? So let's look quickly at each of these add-ons. 
First thing Peter is saying is, uh, add to your faith goodness. Uh, when I first began to read this passage, the word was virtue. And I actually like the word virtue better, but either word is, is appropriate from a Greek translation. Add to your faith virtue could mean add spiritual beauty, add loveliness, add the gloriousness that comes from Christ to your spiritual life, add attractiveness to your character, add the life qualities that make you a good friend, a good parent, a Christ-like person. When you read the Gospels, and I hope you all read them a couple of times a year, the focus on Jesus Christ, you cannot help but be aware of the many, many virtues that are immediately evident in his life. We, we, when we read of the Gospels and we read Jesus, we're aware of the spiritual qualities of his life. We're aware of his love. We're aware how he touched even the, the lepers and, and others. We're aware how he cared, how he took time, how he ministered, how he listened, how he welcomed, how he was always patient and kind, and yet how he challenged those who were not following the Father's way. So when we add goodness, when we add virtue, we're really adding Christ-likeness. That's one reason it's so good to read the Gospels. We're becoming more and more like him. Add to your faith virtue. And then, next, add to virtue knowledge. Now, what he's talking about is not a college education, valuable as that may be, nor a theological degree. Knowledge in the scriptures usually means practical knowledge. Knowledge that's filtered down from your head to your heart and into your fingertips. Knowledge that translates into experience. Knowing what to do in a given situation. Knowing how to practice wisdom. Knowing how to do life God's way. Knowing how to distinguish good from evil. That's what Paul had in mind in Romans 12, verse 2, when he said, talked about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So as we gain knowledge from the scriptures, from Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, our minds are changed, but our lives then are transformed, transformed by the renewing of our minds. Solomon said it well back in Proverbs 23, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our thoughts transpose our lives. That's what Peter had in mind, I'm sure, when he talked about adding to virtue knowledge. And then adding to knowledge self-control. The Greek word for self-control literally means get a grip on yourself. And that's critical in the Christian life because there are so many forces that come at us to take us off track. There are the internal forces that want to exercise control and take away our self-control. The flesh, passions, appetites, worry, envy, lust, jealousy, pride, all kinds of forces which want to take over our lives instead of letting us with the Spirit's guidance control. There are the outside forces like the world and 
the advertisements that are, the social media, the movies that pressure us, the immodest dress that takes our, our thoughts in an inappropriate direction. And then there are the external forces. The, uh, the telephone, telemarketer call that wakes you up in the middle of a nap. Uh, someone snaps at you, snubs you. Someone tailgates you on, on 20 feet behind you when you're, when you're going down the I-5 at 70 miles an hour. These kind of things rankle us, huh? All right, self-control, says Peter. Add to your knowledge self-control. Submitting to the Holy Spirit and his working in our lives. And add to self-control perseverance. Perseverance suggests outside forces that are pressing against us. Those things that would hinder us, those things that would be obstructions in our spiritual journeys. They could be health problems. They could be physical limitations. They could be relational limitations. They could be, it could be depression. It could be financial problems. All kinds of things in life challenge us. And he is saying, to self-control add perseverance. Keep pushing on, keep pushing on. Sometimes the Christian life is like pushing a heavy rock up a hill. All right, he's saying, okay, persevere in doing that. And, and of course, Paul in Romans 5 is saying, uh, yeah, you're gonna have sufferings, I understand that, but rejoice in your sufferings because you know that suffering produces perseverance. There's the word again, huh? And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. So yes, another place to keep on adding is to add to self-control perseverance. And then there's adding to perseverance godliness. Godliness. I used to think godliness was godlikeness, being a really good person. That's not godliness. Godliness leads to that, but godliness is keeping the focus on God. Godliness is a God orientation, a God consciousness, a God centeredness, concentrating on God, recognizing his character qualities. Wonderful to go through life, seeing God, thinking of God, being aware of God. The greatest heroes of the Christian life have usually been those who've learned to practice the presence of God, to be very God conscious. And that's what he's talking about here. And I personally tell you that I've discovered, even in later life, that the more I see God, the more conscious I am of God, the more I love him, the more I'm devoted to him, the more I delight in him. I like what John Piper said, he used another word about God, savor. He said, we were made to savor God and savoring him to be supremely satisfied and thus to spread to the world the worth of his name. Keeping a focus on God, that's godliness. How many times do you think of God every day? 10, 15, 20? You can up that. That's what Peter is saying. Add to perseverance, godliness. And add to godliness, brotherly kindness. 
brotherly kindness, loving concern for neighbors, for their physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Brotherly kindness in which we bear each other's burdens. This is probably what Jesus had in mind when his, in his Judgment Day parable in Matthew 25, when he suggested that those on the right hand were those who had been feeding the hungry, clothing the, the, the naked, visiting the sick, ministering to widows and orphans. All of those pictures that Jesus gives us of believers serving him in the world were brotherly kindness, kinds of activities. And the last one is love. Add to brotherly kindness, love. That too is a very big word, isn't it? And a very heavily used word. And it, in our world today, it simply means affection, fondness, liking. No, it's so much more than that. It's a costly commitment to the well-being of others. Think of that. Are you able to, are you committed to, making a costly committed to the well, commitment to the well-being of others? to paying the price if need be that they are blessed, deliberately desiring to secure the highest good for them. Simplest form of love for me, the definition is doing our best for their best. I suppose that's what Paul had in mind in Colossians 3, a passage we already read from our, our, our biblical choices this morning. Clothe yourselves overall with, clothe yourself with uh, compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forbearance and forgiveness. And then he adds, and over all these, you know, kind of like an outer garment, <laughs> a big coat over them all, over all these put on love. To add love means to pour it out like a flowing stream. And this is probably what Jesus had in mind when he talked about it in John 13. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. What? If you have love one for another. So the Holy Spirit is challenging us this morning, beloved in Christ, to make every effort to build on the foundation of faith he has given us by adding many qualities spiritual values to our lives and to find a way to express these to the people around us. All of that leads to impact. And these are, these are the words of Peter. If we possess these qualities, these additions, in increasing measure, they will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. Or another translation for that is unfruitful. And of course, we can turn that into the positive by saying they will help us to always be effective and fruitful. That's a great theme in Scripture, the theme of fruitfulness. You don't have to think far to remember that Psalm 1, if we have our love for the law of, the law of God, meditate on the word of God, we're like a tree planted by rivers of living water, always bearing fruit. And then there's words of Jesus from John 15, abide in me and I and you, and if you do, you'll produce much fruit for the Father's glory. Or there's Colossians 1, 
filled with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding that we may live lives worthy of him and please him in every way, bearing fruit in all our works. You can just go all the way through scripture. There's dozens of passages which talk about the Christian life as a fruitful life, a productive life, an effective life. And that was God's intention. And that was Jesus' intention that we should build on our faith, that we may have an impact for him. So by adding, we make a difference for him. By adding, we build his church. By adding, we advance his kingdom. By adding, we do his will. There is no excuse, no excuse for laziness and idleness and slackadaisicalness and dawdling in the Christian life. You don't want to be a mediocre Christian. This was Howard Hendricks' way of putting it. He said, I've never met a Christian who planned to have a mediocre life. But I have met plenty of mediocre Christians. Don't waste your life. Live it with a passion. Deep, strong desire to add to your faith virtue the virtue knowledge, the knowledge self-control, the self-control perseverance, the perseverance godliness, the godliness brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness love. In that way, you here, Wise Lake Chapel, yes, you will be effective and fruitful for the Lord. Let's bow together in prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord for giving us everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you for laying on our hearts and in our hearts the foundation of faith. Thank you for giving us the bell-ringing challenge to make every effort to keep adding to our faith. Thank you for the gains we've already made. Thank you for the gains we will be able to make by the power of your Holy Spirit because your word is rooted in our hearts. We want to be effective, Lord, and we pray that you would help us. We can't do it in our own strength. Thank you for the privilege of being your servants, created in Christ Jesus for good works. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat>